my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello, Marissa here. Welcome to this episode of the Digital Nomad Experts podcast with Beach Commute. Today, we've got a really special guest. We've been chatting for just a minute. I would just we're like, I need to press record because there's so much to chat about. I'm actually going to, here's a funny story about how to pronounce his name and I will butcher it. So I'm going to let you introduce, <laughs> introduce yourself. <laughs> Tell us a story about your name. We'll get into all of your incredible <laughs> nomad stories and journeys. Yeah, I I, I have a typical Danish name, uh, or at least it's a Danish name. I'm, I I haven't seen it many places outside of Denmark. My name is Palle, Pallebo, uh, and uh, and I think either my parents they looked at me and thought, okay, he looks like somebody who's going to travel. Let's give him something to work with because it, it is not the easiest hard. name. Whenever whenever I say my name. Uh, I try to be very clear and say, what's your name? Pala. Uh, <laughs> and they, always, it never fails. They lean forward and say, what was that again? What was that? <laughs> and I feel it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not, it's that, not hard. that hard. It's just, it's, I feel like there's so many other names that are similar to it that are slightly different. So it's like yeah. your brain is used to saying one thing. But yeah. regardless. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, and and I remember I was uh, I was uh, doing a nomad cruise uh, at some point and and we we're given name tags and it just said Pala it didn't say Palabo it just said Pala on my name tag and <laughs> and at the pool bar there was an Italian guy he looked at me and said stay there stay there and then he went away and I said well, what's going on he came back with another Italian guy and pointed at my name tag and and just both they both started laughing and I said what's going on here? And then he said, it's because it means the bulls, the balls. Uh, so I, I was kind of bummed that, okay, it means bulls, balls, but at least it, I thought, at least it's not rats, balls. It's got some cojones. <laughs> yeah, powerful it, animal. <laughs> so for a year, I went around thinking, okay, this means bulls, balls. Uh, and then I met another Italian and I said to him, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're thinking. It means bulls, balls. And said, no, it doesn't. What? It just means balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just balls. And actually, uh, he added uh, <laughs> insult, uh, or what's it called? Uh, um, insult to injury is the phrase. That's yeah. the one. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Because he said, actually, we have a phrase where we say, Kepala, which means that's so boring or what a drag. Oh, so, well, that is yeah. the opposite of you. <laughs> and then it becomes worse because a bit later I came to Albania and um, the guy there, he f refused to say my first name. He only said Bo. He called me Bo all the time. I said, why don't you call me Pala? And he said, shh, 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 uh, because it's a very, very rude way, especially in Tirana, to say uh, dickhead. <laughs> really wow your yeah. name is more difficult than i even realized across all uh, countries <laughs> and i actually actually he, he he got me hooked up with a tv station in albania and i was interviewed by albanian tv and i saw their facebook post and it was all in albanian but i could see my name so i put it into uh, google translate and sure enough it said 
Mr. Dick Bo has been traveling the world for. <laughs> so that is yeah. amazing. Well, thank you yeah. to your parents for making your travel. Yeah, thank you so even more much. difficult than it has to yeah, be already. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, we're super excited to have you. I want to give a little more introduction than I gave you before your name, but I just loved that story and wanted you to tell it. Um, but Pele, <laughs> like you know, I mm-hmm. can't even say it. <laughs> it's gonna make me laugh every time. But regardless. You have traveled to over 97 or 97 UN nations, a couple other countries, um, as they're maybe classified some places. You've been a nomad for over five and a half years. So I'd love for you to share a little bit, even about like your age, your background, how you got into this. Give us the quick high level journey. And before you even do that, I forgot to mention you and I were connected through Wade Sellers, who was a previous guest on the show. So you and I were on different nomad cruises, but had Wade as a friend in common. Mm-hmm. So I just love the travel community because anytime a friend connects a friend, yeah. I'm like, I just feel like I've known you. So yeah. if you could hop and in. I, and actually, I haven't even been on a, a cruise with Wade either. You guys uh, were in we Mexico me- we together? Met, or? N- no, we met uh, in Bali at a Nomad Bali. Cruise uh, reunion. Uh, and love there it. were a, it was a pool party and there was a lot of nomads and we just connected instantly. And uh, I heard him on your show and uh, he's such a great guest, isn't he? Ah, oh, so fun! Such a fun. I story. had him on my. I had him on my show as well, and uh, it, it's it's one of my most downloaded episodes. And he was really? just one of the most fantastic guests, and I really love his story and the way he's he's as a guest. So I'll do my best Same. to try to. Well, shout out to Wade. <laughs> we love yeah. you. Check out that episode as well after this if you haven't heard it. But you mm. are another fascinating nomad with tons of great stories. So I can't wait to dig in today. And I feel like your start and when you got started is a little bit different than most. So jump in. If you could share that transition story of like what sparked your nomad journey? What was that like? Yeah, well, I'm a bit older than most nomads out there. I think I'm I'm one of those that put the, the average age of the nomad uh, higher. <laughs> we love uh, it. <laughs> uh, so it was, um, I, I lived in the same part of Denmark uh, for the first 50 years of my life. And uh, I love that. Now I love that. And I love that. Yeah. 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 Five zero. Yeah. The same small rural wow. part of Denmark. And, uh, and, and I have kids. And as long as they were living uh, at home, that's where I would be staying. Yeah. Uh, uh, and even though in the the, the last uh, years uh, I was divorced, so they were living with me seven days and then with their mom seven days, but I was first and foremost, a dad. So I could see that uh, at some point they would grow up, graduate and move out of the house. Uh, so <laughs> I okay. was, um, I remember I was in Cannes at the Cannes Lions uh, in 2012 mm-hmm. and uh, just spoke to a guy who came back after uh, two years in Cape Town. Uh, and I never thought I would be a nomad, but I just said to him, oh, I want to live somewhere else uh, for a couple of years when my kids move out of the house. And then he just said, you got to move to Cape Town. It's the best place on the planet. And they take radio yeah. because I do radio. They take radio very serious there. So uh, you should you should definitely go to Cape Town. And then for six months, I would just say, yeah, I think I'll move to Cape Town. Uh, and then a friend of mine said, you should go. And try it out and feel what it feels like. And not just for a week or two, because then you're just on vacation. Go there for a couple of months. Uh, And all of a sudden, I booked a ticket to Cape Town uh, for two months in 2013. 
And that's where it dawned on me. I run a one-man company uh, where I do radio and podcast production. And when I was there, I was able to work. And my clients, they never asked where I was. They (laughs) thought I was in Randers, Denmark. I rarely saw them anyway. And it was always on email or phone or uh, whatever. So that's where it dawned on me. Oh, I could technically travel around the world instead of just going to Cape Town. I'll always go back to Cape Town. And I've been there a couple of times since I even spent nine months during uh, the biggest COVID lockdown there. Oh, wow. Uh, It's very locked down there. Yeah. And and I... It was not the worst place to be stuck. I can tell you that, Marisa. That is true. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but I have a, one of my best travel friends is is from there, and he like couldn't. I remember couldn't leave his apartment. It was only certain times in the morning on certain days, and there was no alcohol sale. Like it was, oh, it was harder yeah. than than a lot of places. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll share that now because when okay. I got there, I yeah. uh, I was um, I, I stayed two and a half months in the first place, and it was a wonderful apartment. But I was going crazy because yeah. I'm used to moving all the time. So I started when it was possible to move within. I couldn't leave the right. country, but I could move within Cape Town. Yeah. So I started moving every month. So I, I lived in many different places, still got the feeling of being a little bit of a nomad. And backing up even, was your when you left sorry, to go to Cape Town that first time, were your kids already like graduated no. out of the house at that time? Or they no. were, how old were they then? No, I, I, I just told their mom that uh, I'm, I'm going away for two months. You take two them months. for two months. And then she yeah. said, fine. And uh, yeah, so I still had my house. It was when I came back, I was, um, I had my office at my house. So whenever I took a cup of coffee, I put a world map on, on the kitchen wall and I put a little dot on the map or a, a mark where I would like to go and s- slowly starting to think that I'm going to travel around the world for a couple of years. Right. And that was it. I just had a simple little plan to go around the world. Uh, just a simple and- little plan. <laughs> and at that point, yeah, did you, um, so having done that two months and realizing, okay, wow, my clients don't care where I am. I can work in Cape Town or Denmark or wherever, as you were putting the pins on the map and thinking about the couple years around the world, were you thinking then like, no, no worries. I'll take my work. I'll just work from wherever I am at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I was I was really going into because I knew that it was going to be two and a half years later because uh, they were still in school. So it was right. not going to happen. So I, I just <laughs> Some time I just to plan. I, I planned the crap out of it. It was it was crazy how much I planned. <laughs> I knew exactly where I was going to be in which week. And I would look oh at what's the, what's the time zone there and is it good to be that and even what's the weather going to be and at that time of year I knew exactly where I was going to be for the next two years it was oh what my, my plan was then the nomad in me I have to even like pause as you go I'm like pulling my hair because I and I'm sure you're the same now right once you get when you before you start I did the same thing I was like had the map and I was like, I want to go to this place and this place and this place. And if I go here first and there two weeks and then here I can get there by this time. <laughs> and you realize like, no, it's, it's not the right way. I only ever yeah. book one way flight. I often don't know where I'm going to sleep the next, what country the next day. So I'm curious how that worked for you. And my map was like one simple line around the world. No, <laughs> nowhere going back or anything. And you know, obviously, you know what happened a week that into that happen. travel. <laughs> It was out the window and it never came back. And I've been to most of the places on the map, uh, 
But uh, when I look at the map I have now, uh, because I do make a, a map with my my journey, yeah. it, it looks like spaghetti has been thrown right. on the I map. I saw that it's, map. It's like, insane. I'm sure mine it's is insane. Too. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a week into my travel. I want to put like sorry. I I love to pause cut along the way to glean the nuggets for for the listener who's maybe where you were thinking in a year from now, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go to all these places and here's my plan. Why do you think so many people have that plan before they go of like, these are all the places, this is when and how and this, and then why does it always go to hell? And what can someone learn from your quote mistake of of trying to plan so far ahead? I don't regret the planning because it was also setting myself up for it. And I shared every time I changed the map a little bit, I shared it on Facebook. And uh, so I was, I was saying it out loud uh, for two years before I even started traveling. I I met someone who said, well, I thought you were traveling because people only read headlines. No, I've always said it was in the summer of 2016. (laughs) So people don't see that. But, but it was, yeah. And, and, and I don't regret doing the planning because I also did a lot of research. I bought a lot of travel books and read a lot and getting myself up to it. So I don't regret uh, that it's yeah. that I, I did the that. planning, but uh, but just and I knew that it was probably I'm probably going to deviate sometimes, but I wasn't expecting it to be this much. Uh, right, it, it's been it's been it's been crazy, but it is sometimes. Uh, you just came back from the eastern half of Europe, uh, and yep. you told me, and I did all that. That's where I started as well. And after, even though every country are different, it's still a little bit oh. of the same. So I wholeheartedly it's, agree. It's not my yeah. favorite place. <laughs> no, well, oh, oh, some of them are so great. <laughs> uh, it surprised me a lot. And I come from Europe. Yeah. I never been to that yeah. part of uh, Europe, and uh, I thought it's all gray. And no, oh, there's so much charm to it. I really like a lot of the places. But after the first four months, uh, I did eleven countries in the eastern half of uh, Europe. Uh, shouldn't say Eastern Europe because some of them they definitely don't feel like Eastern Europe, even right. though even though they technically are. But yeah. um, but I thought I need something different, so I went to Asia. And I after six months there, I oh, I need something else now. So that's also when mm, yeah I need to go somewhere else. And I've had the same experience uh, this year when I've been traveling in the Spanish speaking countries. Uh, started in Colombia and then I did all of uh, Central um, America. Mm-hmm. And at some point I thought, oh, I need something else. I'm not sure exactly what. Yeah. And then I did three months in the uh, in the U.S. Uh, getting my U.S. country number up uh, or U.S. State, state number up to forty eight. It's a lot and more now, than a lot of Americans. Yeah, I just need to go to Alaska and Hawaii uh, yeah. before I got them all. Uh, so I uh, and now I'm getting ready to get back to Europe and and do a little bit there. Uh, I'm going to London uh, in a few days and then uh, back to Denmark for a month. And from there, I don't know exactly. I might go to Portugal for a bit because I've only been to Lisbon. And uh, I hear that there are so many nomads there, and I want to be a part of that yeah. community as well. So, but I'm not really, I haven't, I haven't booked anything yet and yeah. see where the wind goes. And I got some thoughts about where to go uh, in 2022, thinking of doing a little bit of Africa, maybe some more Asia, but I'm, I'm not really sure. 
yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll run in. <laughs> we'll have, uh, I always have a zillion questions, but as you're saying that a lot, one of the most common questions that people ask me who just meet me, who aren't travelers always say, you know, I start talking about this country, that country. And when they realize you can really travel to any country, anytime in the whole world, whenever you want, people always say like, how the hell do you choose where you want to go? So I'm curious just for anyone listening, for you, um, I have my own ways, but as you're like, maybe I'll go here in 2022 or where do you, how do you find yourself in the next destinations that you choose? What are your driving forces? I look at places I haven't been to yet. Uh, yep. And I've, I've been to all of Europe now, except for Iceland and Cyprus, those two islands. Uh, right. But I've been to every Good single places. country in Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh I always try to go to places that I haven't been to yet, but then mm-hmm. again, some places I want to go back to and, yep. uh, and, and, and see some more. Uh, it's, I'm counting countries, but I'm not one of those, uh, travelers who are counting countries only to go in and, and yeah. get this stamp in the passport. Right. Uh, it's a, it's a goal for me to visit every country in the world. I don't know if I'll ever get there. But mm-hmm. uh, that's my that's my declared goal, and right now I'm halfway there. I'd love to dig into this with you for a moment. I just recorded a podcast episode, so several podcast episodes episodes go for someone who hasn't heard it. But it was really my whole dilemma around this as well of having this some bubbling desire to visit every country in the world. So I share that with you. I don't know where it came from, but one day as I started traveling, I was like, I want to go everywhere. You know, like, I don't know Mm -hmm. what's going to be where it surprises me, but I did find myself. And especially this is this, I was kind of grappling with myself over this last travel stint in Eastern Europe, which are not my favorite countries. And it was getting cold. I'm a tropical beach kind of girl. And I was sitting there when I was in Latvia and Estonia and Lithuania. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I in these countries that, of of course, with everything, I try to make the best of it. And you meet interesting people and you learn interesting things. And I don't regret any of it the same way you don't regret, you know, planning your travels. But as I was thinking, like, I really want to get to a lot of new places as well. And it is kind of a far off goal. I'd love to get to every country. But I really started challenging myself of like, when am I going places just because I feel like I should, because it's somewhere new, even though I know I won't love it as much as somewhere else I might. So this is like a personal selfish question. I'm putting this back at you. Does that cross your mind ever? And how do you balance like getting to those new places and getting to all the countries in the world while still saying like, which countries light me up? Like, where do I genuinely want to go more than the others? Any thoughts on that? It's really hard uh, to say. I I remember traveling in uh, Northwestern Africa. I was in Morocco and I knew that I wanted to get down to... uh, to uh, uh, Senegal and uh, Dakar yeah. and, and and the Gambia, and uh, and I decided to do it overland uh, because that would also get me through Mauritania, uh, yeah. which is for me it was I spent one night there, and it was almost all of it was just driving through desert road, very poor road with big potholes and yeah. camels and and cows <laughs> running across the road and. Uh, it didn't really do much uh, for me, uh, Mauritania. Right. Also, I know that I, I, I have friends who've been there. I spent more time there. I say it's an amazing country. Right. If it wasn't my ambition to visit every country, I might yep. have found a plane because um, sure. it's a long, it's a long, very tough road to uh, to go overland. When I'm close to a border uh, or a country, I will see if I can get yeah. there. No, I'm the if same, it's yeah. if it's or safe, yeah. And then there are obviously countries where i wouldn't 
go right now because it's not safe. For example, right. when I was in the, in, in Colombia, I really want to go to Venezuela, but um, yeah, it's not that safe right no, now. Uh, no. <laughs> but what I've seen is just such a beautiful country. So I yeah. really hope that they will uh, get things sorted out so they are opening up again um so i don't even know if that answers you your, no, your question but no, it's, it's like uh, we have a, a similar mm, struggle i share yeah. the same of like if i'm near a country i'm like well i might as well just go even though i'd probably enjoy like when i was in bulgaria i went to all of those other countries where i was literally sitting there i had no plans from there and i was like i could hop over to greece it's three hours away spend two months in the Greek islands where I have been to Greece before. I know I love it. And there's so many islands I haven't been to. And instead I was like, let me just chase all of these other countries and, hmm. and get to all of them where again, it's, it's different, but um, I, I think there's, there's not a right answer, but it's fun just to hear your struggle and, and journey through it as well. And also um, people, um, other nomads have, have said, you're going to hit the wall at some point. You're, right. you're going to get, tired uh, and i had a little bit of the, the first four months in, in in traveling through the eastern half of europe uh, i i was um, getting bombarded with uh, with uh, impressions all the time so i felt i needed to slow down yeah and i haven't felt that much that um, travel fatigue uh, i yeah. had it a little bit when i was in el salvador uh, i was in a beautiful beach town there was the world championship of surfing going on uh and uh it was it was just so great and i i wasn't really enjoying it and i <laughs> i said to myself what's going on why remember to enjoy it you're here in this Aww. wonderful tropical place and and then I thought I need to I need to slow down. So I went yeah. um, to a, a small village in the mountains and where there was nothing going on. Yeah. Uh, and and just stayed there for two weeks. And uh, for a lot of people, they would say, "Oh, I I would need two months." But for me, two weeks was enough for me to get the hunger back. And then made my way to uh, to uh, Guatemala, where I stayed with some wonderful nomads uh, in a. a and had a bit of a community and I really yeah. got there stayed there for five weeks, I think, and, and, and got the hunger back and uh, yeah. for more adventures. Some sometimes it's, it's, I see it kind of like an interval sprint, my journey, I because totally you, yeah. sometimes I go fast and then sometimes I just need to slow down and do yeah. nothing. Yeah. I can absolutely, I feel like you and I actually have a very similar schedule. My two uh, co-hosts of the podcast and Beach Commute are much slower travelers and they think I'm crazy. They're like, what are you doing? You travel too fast. And I don't always do it. And like you, I'll kind of go, go, go. I just did the 10 countries and now I just got back to Atlanta for some events, but I was like, I'm here. I'm not talking to anyone. I need to like see nobody sit for like a couple weeks and then slowly it starts to come back. So I mm. kind of ebb and flow like you and it, it does depend yeah. on the place you're recovering and how much time you need and i just yeah. listen and and do what's needed all right we're gonna switch gears just a tiny bit if there is a weird uh transition here as digital nomad life is we had a slight internet technical glitch so maybe this sounds fluid or maybe it doesn't we won't know but regardless um this is a topic i'm super excited to talk about with you so on your website you had a video where you were uh, talking about 
time feeling like it just was going by so fast before you started nomading. And when you started your nomad life, almost not that time is slow, but there's so many experiences that it feels like you've lived mm. more life is the best way I explain it. Yeah. So I feel this a lot when I travel and I I hadn't really thought about it in the way that you explained. And there was just this light that went off. So can you talk about what you were experiencing before you became a nomad and how time has changed for you in this life? Yeah. And it was, it was actually just before a COVID lockdown, before I, I went to Cape Town, I was back in Denmark for a little bit and went to my old local supermarket and, and met an old neighbor of mine. And he said, Oh, you're back. You're back. I said, well, no, I'm just back for a little bit. Oh, how, how long have you been traveling? Uh, a year? And I looked at him and said, no, it's been three and a half years. And he, <laughs> wow. he wouldn't, he simply wouldn't believe me because no, come on. I remember just a year ago, we were having this conversation <laughs> and you were about to start traveling. And that's funny because for me, those three and a half years, I'd been to so many places. I've met so many people. I had so many experiences. And like I said, I'd stayed in 315 different places. So for me, those uh, three and a half years felt like 20 years or yeah. 10 years at relate. least. Yeah. It felt like a lot more. I feel like they were, it was ages ago. And for him, it was just one year. And I thought, that is interesting. So I started researching and I found someone saying that when you're putting a lot of adventure into your life, it feels like time is moving slow. When you're living the day-to-day -day life where you know where everything is in the supermarket and you don't have to worry about how do you say butter in Albanian or in, <laughs> in some kind of Chinese letters. Yes. Uh, so yes. even the simplest thing, like uh, where do you switch on the light and uh, do I need an adapter here? Or in Cape Town, whenever we run out of electricity, we have to go to 7-Eleven to buy electricity. <laughs> it's, it's true. Obviously. And that's, that's something you wouldn't think about uh, when you're nope. just, uh, you wouldn't use brain power on that. So um, what I learned was that uh, when you're living the normal day-to-day -day life, uh, you're more or less on autopilot. And you, you see that as you're getting older as well. It'll get to you sometime, Marissa. Uh, that when <laughs> that, that the older you get, the the faster time seems to move. I yeah. remember when I was a kid, it was just like ages from Christmas to Christmas, and then right. uh, as I got older, I thought, is it really already Christmas again? We, we just put <laughs> away the decorations, gone? and now it's Christmas again. How did how did that happen? Uh, so time moves faster the older you get, and and for me. Now I feel like time is moving so slowly and it's uh, it's only been five and a half years I've been and traveling, but it feels like a lot more. Oh, yeah, and, you've and, lived and, like 37 travel years. It's almost like dog years, you know, or it, it, it definitely feels like And that. in that video that I uh, I did for an online TEDx uh, thing, I, I, I jokingly say at the end, uh, living this lifestyle, I will live, will live until I'm 150. Or at least it'll feel like that. <laughs> it'll feel like 290 if you keep going at the rate you are. But I relate. I have several stories I'd, I'd love to share as well and, and just riff with you. But in this last stint that I it was just two and a half months in these 10 countries. And like you said, I hadn't really thought about why. Like To me, 
as you were saying that, I just felt like I was having so many experiences of just doing things that were not mundane, that I wouldn't do in normal life that felt epic. But even in this trip, um, as you were saying, it's, it's not even just the epic things. It's your brain really just working to think about day-to-day activities. And I can relate through all these different countries in Europe. It was like a different language, every single border I crossed, a different currency, a different this, a different that. And every time I got there, I was on Google Maps of like, where am I going to eat? Where's the grocery store? How do I get home? Like, what language do they speak? How do I talk to this person? What, like, what's happening? I don't even know what, where I would wake up and be like, what country am I even in? Yeah. And it felt those two and a half months legitimately, I, it's not an exaggeration. I felt like it was 10 years and it was, it was so little time. And the other example, I remember the first, my first like real full-time digital nomad stint, I went for about four months to Southeast Asia. And I remember coming home and my brother being like, oh, I feel like you just left like yesterday. And I was like, I feel like I've been gone at least 10 years, like of all the things. And I hadn't really ever thought about why, but it it does. It's really amazing. You're saying it's like, as we age and time is so precious to everybody and living that full life as a nomad. And I'd love for you to just talk a little bit more on it. Like it feels like the fullest life you could, like you, you're living 10 lifetimes more in, in such a short time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, when I lived in Denmark, I had a wonderful life. I had a wonderful yeah, career and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. And I, I had my kids and that that's the most important yeah. thing. But having made this change, which is a bit unusual, for most people, uh, <laughs> yeah. to to sell everything, uh, I sold my house, my car, and my furniture, and my wife, and uh, <laughs> and then I just I I, I always uh, have that joke in there. And then people sometimes say, oh, did you get much for her? And I said, much more than I expected. Um, anyway. Uh, it, People who've heard <laughs> maybe more might get a little bit bored of that. I need to change my repertoire. Uh, but um, but living this lifestyle is uh, the best thing I've I've done next to next to having kids, and it's uh, I, I really enjoy living this way. But it's it is unusual, and I can just highly encourage people to yeah. to make make that make that leap and uh, yeah. and, and 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 get and out I there. I can imagine as you were saying that I always try to remember that digital nomad life isn't the only life. You know, some people really don't want to live this life and that's no. okay too. But for people listening, I, I think it's neat, but as you're talking about just kids, I would have to imagine I know when my brother had kids of like time slows down in the same way when you have a child and you're like, what do I do? What do I feed it? How do I, you know, there's, there's other versions in your life of ways that you can find this. So I think if you're listening, if you have the dream to travel, what an amazing way to just live this full long life. But if you don't, you probably won't, aren't listening to this podcast, but there's other ways to find that as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's definitely not for everybody. Uh, most yeah. people actually, I think they want the home base. They want the mm-hmm. feeling of yeah. now I'm home and uh, these yeah. are, this is my bed and this is my stuff on the wall and uh, now I'm home. Yeah. So um, yeah. I think most people want that. When I started traveling, I didn't know if, if, if it was for me, if I was going to miss it. Yeah. I, I, after six months, I think I, I did have it for a week the feeling that oh maybe it would be nice to just have a little place back home Uh, (laughs) and that feeling lasted a week and it hasn't come back (laughs) and i really don't miss it and i think at some point i will get a home base again uh when my my kids uh, start uh, 
producing grandchildren for me. <laughs> and they say yeah. it's, it's not going to be anytime soon, but uh, you never know. You got some uh, more years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they say you have another 10, 15 years of traveling, if that's what you're saying. Um, yeah. But um, I will never get the big house again because I'm so used to staying at, at, a, at a small place and I don't need a lot of stuff. Uh, right. And uh, I don't need a big place uh, but I probably will have it again. Um, and if somebody is thinking, is it for me? Try it out yeah. first. I would say yeah. keep keep the keep the place, keep the apartment, yeah. keep the, uh, and then see if maybe you can rent it out on Airbnb uh, and say yeah. give yourself six months to try it out. And yeah. I've I've heard that from a lot of people who've who've done that, and then they come back and say no. I don't. I don't need yeah. it. I, now I, I'm kind of like garage sale and yeah. setting the whole up for sale thing yeah, up for like, sale. Why and... I keep all this stuff? I did that as well for anyone who who maybe hasn't heard my full story too. But when I first started, I had a condo to still have, and I rented out when I'm gone. But at the time, I was like you, were, I was like, I don't. You know, I think I'm gonna love this. There's probably a reason this desire is in me. But maybe I'll go and like four months will be enough. So I went did the four months, came back and was like, well, love that. Like <laughs> time to fully rent this out. And and so I had moved like my clothes and stuff to storage, but all my furniture, my house, like I had something to go back to if I wanted. And that felt nice. And it still feels nice, even though I don't really use it. But you know, when COVID happened, I came back and my renter had just moved out and I had a place. And so it's not permanent. So I, I love that you, you already answered. What I was going to ask. It's like, do you see yourself doing this forever? And we're always allowed to change, but what that looks like. And I'd love if it sounds like your answers keep going until there's grandkids, but can you talk for a second about what do your kids think of this? Like how often do you see them? Are they excited? Do they think you're crazy? Like what's the, I have the parent's point of view from my side, but what do your kids think with you as the parent doing this? Well, I think they're just happy that I'm out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> no and then and we're very very close and uh we speak all the time i i i think we speak more now than when we lived mm -hmm. in, under the same roof uh, and uh, right. and just before cool. you and i jumped on this call i had a long call with my uh my my youngest and um uh, and we're we're very very close and we communicate oh, every good. day uh yeah so i i think it's uh, they they, they they feel it's, it's Why pretty Why do cool. you think this made you guys closer? I don't know. Maybe it would have been the same if if right. if, 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 I, if I still when they moved out because it, right. we're, we're we're sharing all kinds of stuff and then they're okay. Now I'm at this cafe or now yeah. I'm I'm sending pictures of I just made this dinner and uh, they're 24 and 27 now and they're off doing their own thing and they, they, they have a lot to share about what's happening in their life they're both in university and uh, right. and studying and uh, the oldest has a boyfriend and uh, so um, they, they, they have a lot to share and then they also uh, visit me from time to time uh, in the beginning of my journey, my youngest had a gap year, uh, and uh, and and she came out and traveled with me for four months. Uh, we did a lot of countries. We um, even did North Korea together, and uh, and yeah, a ton of countries in Asia. And then we came to Japan, and the oldest flew out and joined us for two weeks, and. Uh, and and then they, I went to Canada 
the day before they went back to Denmark. Uh, so I left my kids in, in on the other side of the planet, and uh, <laughs> and they managed to get on the right flights and uh, get back to Denmark uh, on their own. And right. that's where I thought, okay, now I've, um, I'm my work is done. Uh, I I I taught them how to <laughs> to travel. So I when it. I was in was I in Cape Town in in 2018? Uh, I said, okay, now they they've they've heard me talk on about uh, how wonderful Cape Town is. So one night they were just being spontaneous and and booked a flight uh, themselves and came down and, and visited me for a week in Cape Aww. Town and I got to show them Cape Town and uh, obviously they haven't been visiting me during uh, COVID uh, and and right. also now they're super busy with the uh, with school and 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 all the stuff they do there and. Uh, but we're just talking about them um, flying out somewhere where I am around New Year and, and spending New Year's with me. Uh, might be Portugal, uh, uh, might be somewhere else. Uh, so yeah. we're hoping we can make that happen. And that's something I really hope that we can do a lot more in the future right. is, is them coming to to visit me. Uh, a lot because it's wonderful. It's neat as I, I'm trying to think when I think of my parents with everybody, obviously I have this podcast and I have the beach community business because we're so, I'm, I'm so passionate. My co-founders are so passionate about helping everybody live this life, but I'm secretly really grateful. I was like, I love that my parents and my brother and all my friends are back home because I have that community when I go there. So I can see both ways of like, it would be so neat for me if my parents, they, they do travel from time to time and we'll go places together. Um, but I'm grateful they have that place. So there's, there's no right or wrong way and there's pros and cons to all of it. But I'd love if you, you mentioned North Korea. Um, talk a little bit about, that's what I have not been to. Talk a little bit about what, what that was like. It was different. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and obviously there are, you need, you need to, um, to get an organized tour, you can't go on your own to North Korea. So get an organized tour. I know that for uh, you Americans, it's hard to get to North Korea, <laughs> if not impossible yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but back when we were there in 2017, uh, there were a few Americans on the trip as well. And uh, so what you need is uh, to get a double entry visa to China because you're going back to China. You can't go to, right. uh, from North Korea That's to South Korea. Then, uh, right. So double entry visa to China and then get an organized tour. And I did one with a company called Young Pioneers Tours. And um, uh, they obviously we know that they only show you what they want you yes. to see. Mm -hmm. uh, so we got to see a lot of monuments and things that they're <laughs> proud of, uh, buildings right. and stuff like that. And didn't talk a lot about the um, uh, the, the downside of the country. Yeah. And obviously, there's no Wi-Fi, and uh, I couldn't bring in all my my microphones that would make me look like a journalist. So right. I I recorded everything for my podcast on my phone, which worked fine. Uh, you're allowed right. to take photos, uh, not of anything military, of course, uh, and uh, a few other things. But um, you're able to do it, and what gave me the the biggest impact on me was uh walking the streets driving the subway meeting the locals and just yeah. seeing them hug their kids when we came into the station and uh and made me realize that because as westerners we have sort of or we tend to maybe have an an idea that that's the enemy but i got to 
put the face on, like on, they on the like people and the enemy they just, yeah. And they, they think that they're the good guys. Uh, right. And, and uh, we, we have to remember that. And they, they just going on with their daily life and uh, making the best life they can for their family and their kids. And uh, yeah. uh, so for me, that was the, uh, that was the, the and I met some wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we even did a pop crawl in Pumyang, and uh, yeah. which was uh, quite different. But it was yeah. it was truly an interesting experience, and I'm 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 glad I went. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I can just recommend it. But know what you're getting into, and know that you're right. be respectful and uh, and um, because uh, you don't want to insult them, and you want to be you want to yeah. be nice. Yeah. I want to transition as you were talking about no Wi-Fi there. Obviously, that was more of like a trip where you're not working. But can you talk a little bit about, I'd just love to highlight on our podcast, all the different ways that people are working remotely, making a living, making money while traveling the world to show that it's it's really possible for anyone in many creative ways. So can you talk a little bit about just what you do as a career, how you make money and what your work day-to-day is life as you're because for quicker traveling, you know, if you're slow matting, as you said, or staying months at a time, it's it's a lot easier. Um, but can you talk about like, yeah, how traveling quickly works with your work schedule and and what you're doing for a living? Yeah, well, what I do is um, I, I I do my own travel podcast, uh, the Radio Vagabond, uh, where I document my journey and speak to interesting people. And um, actually, after we've we've done uh, recording this one for your podcast, uh, we're jumping over and. Uh, getting to hear your story. So remember to uh, get over and listen to Marissa's yeah, story as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, it's also my, uh, my, my career. I've, I've been working in, in radio uh, since, uh, yeah, when, when, when the world was black and white, uh, it was, I, st- <laughs> <laughs> I started in, uh, in 85, uh, doing Aging radio. Here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I've done podcasting since, uh, 2006. Uh, so right now I do mostly podcasting, a little bit of radio work and a little bit of voiceover work, uh, for, uh, for clients, but I do a lot of podcasting for, um, uh, for Lego. Uh, I, I, I do podcasts yeah, cool. for Lego, which is, is pretty cool clients to put on your resume and uh, a handful of other clients uh, both in in Denmark I, I also produce and co-host the official Tbex podcast which is um, Tbex is an organization from uh, the US uh, that does uh, travel content creator conferences uh, around the world and I produce their podcast as well uh, so yeah a lot of podcasting for clients and uh, as for my work day, it depends if I have a deadline. If I, right. if I, and there are a, a few deadlines coming up uh, in November and December for, for my clients. So I know that uh, I'm going to be super, super busy the next uh, month. And that's also yeah. one of the reasons why I think, okay, a month in Denmark is good because I can really uh, crank out some work. And then I know that around the, uh, the end of the year it's it's going to be quiet for a while uh, so that's where i can um do a little bit more fast traveling uh maybe go to some countries where the wi-fi is not always guaranteed <laughs> to be the best um yeah. uh, like places in africa but the good thing for me is that i work with the audio so the the, the files are that i need to download and upload are not huge video files it's it's audio right. and it's smaller so 
uh, I need it to be uh, okay, but um, decent. And right now here in yeah. Vancouver, uh, it, there's a lot of uh, stormy weather and rain, and that affects the internet. Uh, so it's so surprising, uh, and I've had that uh, be the case in like an island in Panama and yeah. like Costa Rica, like other places. But I've never. I'm so surprised it's like that in Canada. But you know, living and living, you learn as a nomad. <laughs> and that's so funny that you should say that right now because right now on my uh, on my end, you froze when you just said that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Wi-Fi here is actually very very good when it's there but then uh, because of the the weather it it drops off in the whole neighborhood uh, um, sometimes so we've yeah. been lucky so far uh, we had a little bit of a glitch before but uh, uh, yeah uh, <laughs> but i remember that 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 trip in in western africa i i had really some challenges and uh, i was yeah, in a hard. in a I was in a place in Senegal, in Capskiring, in the southern part of Senegal, where I wanted to stay a bit longer. I also had a deadline at that time. So I, and the Wi-Fi that I had in the place I stayed wasn't so great, but I wanted to look yeah. for another place in in uh, that uh, beach town. So I walked around from, from <laughs> place to place and say, can I just have a look <laughs> can I just do and a speed test and here? can I just do a speed <laughs> test so I I did some <sighs> I think five different places and I did five speed tests and I ended up choosing the one uh, choosing the one with the best wi-fi but it was not great it was not great so that yeah. can be challenging I love that you share that though because on this podcast we love to share the realities of digital nomad life and I think it's really easy for people to just see social media and you're on a beach and you're here and you're there and it's neat but the realities are some days you're walking around to town with your phone doing speed tests because you need wi-fi and that can take a whole day or two or three to find a place okay. to live yeah. that's suitable and um obviously you know when we talk about there's easier destinations that you know we've shared those in past episodes that are um you check out our episodes you know top six starter locations for digital nomads where you're pretty much guaranteed fast wi-fi there's a community is easy and the more you travel like you have now been to almost 100 countries you start to know how to look for it, what to do, but you don't have to start there. Um, so I love that you share that. And then lastly, before we wrap up, I want to quickly ask you about uh, the communities as you've tapped into. Have you found it hard to find a community as you've been traveling? And how have you had friends made people like, do you meet up with the same people? Do you make new friends where you go? What's that been like for you in your journey? Yeah, that's and that's something that I because I'm an outgoing person and I love uh, being part of a community. <laughs> and I think yeah. that was also one of the reasons I had that travel fatigue in when I was in uh, in mm. El Salvador because it, yeah. most of the people I spoke to were the locals. Uh, yeah. Uh, they speak a little bit of English. I speak a little bit of Spanish, but the conversation weren't that deep. So yeah, getting to like Guatemala, where I stayed uh, at a place called Casacachic uh, in the Lake Atitlan, San Lucas Taliman, uh, I, I stayed with a with a, a an American guy who uh, fluent in Spanish. He's um, he's uh, totally bilingual, but he runs this guest house uh, there and. Uh, very intelligent guy and he's a writer uh, was working on a book project and getting there and having those deep intellectual yeah. conversations uh, was really important for me i thought i was going to stay two weeks ended up staying five but because <laughs> i really uh, i really love being part of that community yeah. and 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 very often i i i 
I go look for um, communities. Um, um, we're we're both uh, nomad cruises. We've been on nomad yep. cruise, not the same one, but uh, then you're part of the alumni, and yeah. I use that uh, Facebook group as well, uh, saying, "Okay, now I'm." in this place anyone here yeah. and very often people say oh yeah i'm here and then then i get to meet people i i join local uh, facebook groups for nomads or for expats um uh, so I, I i enjoy speaking to the locals but, but if my, the language if there's a barrier there it's it's also nice yeah. to speak to somebody i can i can speak to a little bit more but I enjoy yeah. being part of a community and I enjoy going to meetups. I go on walking tours every time I get to a new place. Um, mm -hmm. I, I join rotary meetings. I join Toastmasters meetings. Uh, that's mm. also great ways to, to meet people uh, uh, around the world and, and become yeah. part of a community. But having that's said that, I'm, I'm fine in my own company and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can easily um, make do of my own time, but I also yeah. enjoy going out and meeting people. And when I mentioned Portugal before, it was it's also because I know that there's a big uh, nomad community I there, think and uh, I know like there, ten people there right now. Personally. Yeah. yeah, and I and I think there's a lot of stuff going on in Madeira right now and uh, coming yep. up. Uh, so probably a lot of nomads there. So that's where why I'm thinking of uh, going there and being part of that uh, nomad yeah. community. And also going to Chiang Mai, Bali. I know uh, there are a ton of yes. people in Bali right now, and uh, yeah. Um, and also one of the reasons I went to Medellin because um, in, in Colombia, that, that's a big nomad community there as well. For sure. Those are three top places, Medellin, Chiang Mai, Bali. And it, it almost reminds me of the way you talk about switching off between slow and fast travel. You're kind of switching off between a neat community. I'm good for my own a little bit, a neat community. And yeah, just listening to what you need. So Amazing, amazing stories. Uh, last question for you, and then tell us where we can find you and your podcast and all of that. But if you had one piece of advice for someone who's listening and thinking like, is this life for me? Could I do this? Is it possible? I don't know. What would you say to that person? I think we've uh, touched on it a little bit, uh, like start up slow. Uh, yeah. and you don't need to go to the other side of the planet if you... If you stay in Europe, go somewhere else in Europe. If you're mm -hmm. in the U.S., maybe go to Canada or another mm -hmm. part of the country and try it out. And maybe not sell everything and be so drastic as I was, uh, even before <laughs> knowing what you're getting into. Uh, yeah. Rent out your place or see if you can uh, make do with uh, having it right. uh, just wait for you until you feel it. And give yourself six months to try it out. Yeah. And also remember that uh, I have so many people saying to me, oh, I wish I could afford that. You yeah. must be a millionaire. Did you win the lottery? Yeah. And the yeah. funny thing is that uh, it's costing me less money than when yeah. I had a house in Denmark. Even though my house yeah. was an old house in the countryside <laughs> and very cheap, I spent in most months, I spend around half now on accommodation and travel when I compare it to, um, so anything between um, food and pleasures, uh, uh, if I compare it to what did I have of fixed expenses for my mortgage, for insurance, for the car, for cable, for heating, everything, then now I spend around half. 
wow. and sometimes I stay in nice places. Sometimes I, I do <laughs> couch surfing. I do even do hostels. I do a lot of things. Um, but, um, uh, it, it, it doesn't have to be expensive. And, and there are so many other ways that when you have the fixed expenses, you know that if you're having a slow work, if you're a freelancer and you need to make money and right. you're having a slow month, you can't really do anything about it. But if you're right. a nomad, there are so many ways that you can turn up and down. Um, mm, I had a couple of years ago, I had few clients, so I was spending more money than I was making. So right. at that time, I would do um, a lot of house sitting where I didn't have to pay rent. I would not move as much because then mm -hmm. it would be expensive in, 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 right. in travel. But there are many more ways when you're a nomad to turn up and down the gas on how much money you're burning. I like that. I haven't, heard, I haven't thought about it in that way, but those are two really beautiful pieces of advice. I wholeheartedly support both. And I think, yeah, there is such a misconception about you must be spending, you know, because people think about it like vacation, like you're spending thousands yeah. of dollars yeah. every month. But it's, I think, almost every nomad I know, it's cheaper, um, depending where you live. And where yeah, you're going, and, yeah, and, and plus living expenses in most places around the world, yeah. not so much in the U.S. and Canada, where I am right now, right. are right. cheaper than they are yeah. where I'm, what I'm used to in Denmark. Yeah. And when I can still have my Danish income, I, uh, it's, it's much cheaper. Plus the fact that. I bought a lot of stuff that I didn't really need because I had a place right. to put it. I yeah, bought no, there's so many things. I'm like, I want that. I'm like, oh. I, I have nowhere to take that. I cannot nope. fit it in my suitcase. So it's I, not I, and I, I won't buy it. I, <laughs> no. And I, if, I never buy souvenirs because I need to carry it along. It, it, it yeah. has to be a very small thing, right, but right. Uh, I, I buy the occasional t-shirt, uh, but uh -huh. th that's about it. That's about it. Yeah. I don't buy a lot of stuff. Uh, because yeah. I got nowhere to put it. Well, thank you for all of that. So for anyone listening, can you share where they can find you and your podcast? And yours is a little bit of a different style, which is fun. So where can people find you? Yeah, my podcast is called The Radio Vagabond. And uh, you got to yeah, remember that, that the, uh, because uh, <laughs> the if you just search Radio Vagabond, you get the Danish one. If you're Danish, <laughs> ah. please, by all means, go and search for Radio Vagabond. But it's The Radio Vagabond. And the... Uh, and the website uh, where I have the blog, where I post a lot of pictures and uh, videos and uh, articles, uh, I, it's called theradiovagabond.com. So that's basically where you can find me and also on all the, this, the social platforms. Just look for Perfect. The Radio Vagabond. Yeah. Love it. Well, we will link to all of that. Polly, thank you for joining us today. And for anyone listening, going to hop over. We're going to record a podcast on yours as well for anyone who wants to hear and what a joy so many amazing lessons i hope that anyone listening you serve as such an inspiration that at any point in your life you can make a change and if it if you feel the call follow it all right that is a wrap on this episode we hope that you enjoyed listening if you are interested in becoming a digital nomad, in other words, having a job that you can do remotely while you travel the world, travel to amazing destinations, then check out our Go Remote Employment course at beachcommute.com slash GRE. We love the course. It teaches you everything you need to know to figure out which remote job is right for you, regardless if you already have those skills or not. 
It teaches you where to find those remote job opportunities, how to negotiate with employers to ensure that they're okay with you traveling the world while you're getting your work done, how to nail the interview, get the job, and begin traveling the world. So again, if this is interesting to you, check out beachcommute.com slash GRE to join fellow beach commuters inside that Go Remote Employment course. And we hope to see you somewhere traveling the world very soon. Have a great day.